Hello there, you're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today, we are speaking with Alexander Zadaroshny, CEO and co-founder of Chloe. He has amassed extensive experience in Industry 4.0, the Internet of Things, or IoT, as Software as a Service, or SaaS, solutions for manufacturing supply chains. Chloe provides companies with SaaS-based Industry 4.0 solutions to improve customers' productivity by increasing production efficiency, improving quality and yield. Chloe also helps companies measure and control carbon emissions to reduce energy consumption and minimize the number of required machine tools. Alexander's team has served more than 400 industrial firms and 25,000 machines worldwide in 25 countries, including the US, Canada, the EU, and Asia. Prior to Chloe, Alexander managed business development at a Finnish IoT company where he was responsible for launching international business industrial IoT, scaling up to 70 full-scale implemented projects in two years. He also was responsible for global sales and business development at leading IoT startups, Logmore in Finland and Blue Box Systems in Germany. Alexander, welcome to the show. Hi, nice to meet you, Katrin. Thank you for the intro. Uh, let's start with you providing a brief description of what led you to co-found Chloe and the existing gaps that you're trying to fill. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, the, for this question. So it started uh, in, in last year in 2022, uh, I think in August, when I gathered uh, a car employee team together and we started brainstorming how to address the needs of manufacturers that have been approaching me based on my background and, and, and network across the globe with more or less the same cases, like they want to collect data from the manufacturing equipment, uh, have some dashboards and uh, in order to improve their performances. And, uh, and, and we thought how to make this as simple as possible, let's say in the plug and play scenario, scenario because there, uh, there are a lot of uh, tools that exist nowadays. Uh, they more like obsolete and on-premise quite heavy to implement. It takes a lot of time. And we saw how to how to minimize the efforts for both vendor and the manufacturer. And this is how we kind of created Chloe. And by the way, the name stands for cloud. Obviously, the cloud software is the service product. And uh, OE means overall equipment effectiveness. So basically, this is a key KPI in the manufacturing world. Like probably everyone is using it. At, uh, at their uh, monthly or weekly reportings, at least those who manage the production. So. Well, thank you for that. I was wondering about the name. Um, yeah. How do you support manufacturers with the services your company provides? So we basically do the following. We, we are able to offer data collection, uh, like parameters, downtime reasons, uh, some spindle speeds, variables, number of the parts produced by CNC machines, robots, um, industrial equipment, uh, gather in one network with the capabilities to cover more than 80 different controllers. Uh, it's it's like uh, all, all possible vendors widespread around the globe, we can connect them, most likely. And uh, what, what this gives to them, uh, they receive from us out of the box product that shows uh, key downtimes, per day, per shift, per particular equipment, per particular factory unit, per factories, if, if they have several factories. 
It also allows them to see what is the actual performance of the equipment. It allows them to see what kind of technology they do manufacture right now, compare and see programs with the Etalon versions. And also they, they, they are able to know how many parts they have produced and then analyze like actual amount with the planned amount. And on top of that, to see the energy consumption and, and all of that gives them the, the understanding of what's going on with their shop floor and where they might optimize, where they have a black box or bottlenecks. Let's say, for example, why one of the machines or a couple of the machines produce, let's say, five hours per day and others have three, four hours actual production, why they have more downtimes there. So with the help of this uh, real-time data collection and a lot of protocols and a very smooth dashboard, very user-friendly dashboard, we are able to give those insights and in just kind of a couple of days after the implementation. Fantastic. And what short or long-term benefits are companies experiencing when they begin? When they begin, well, I mean, of course, you know, come going through the what what Chloe provides with uh, with SaaS, but also uh, with your SaaS services, but also uh, just in general becoming more digitized in their operations. I, I mean, great question. Uh, is it to answer? Might take some time, but short benefits is the. Um, let's say any type of the digital product that can be implemented in the manufacturing might give you the following. First of all, address the primary need. The primary need might be either to know what is the equipment performance or for example, to use uh, a, a software to solve certain tasks, let's say for CAD CAM related, right? Tasks, or for example, to know what's going on with this particular technology, or just to have a bill of the materials, whatever the degree of digitalization of the factory. So the short benefits is just uh, you deploy a program; it's uh, it's automate your processes. Uh, long term, and, and it also show you where you have a bottlenecks. So you probably again every manufacturer know the lean concept. Lean, this is uh, the concept that was developed in in, in Japan. Continuous improvement. And basically, digital tools allows you to do this continuous improvement on the daily basis. On the long, longer run, I think it's ability to, to understand what influence your profit as the manufacturer or what influence your outcomes and where you need to, to, let's say, for example, do you need to invest in the new machines or your current capacity allows you to, to run the shop floor and to bring more orders? Or do you need to, to change what technology do you pr like produce at which machine? Because you can analyze the outputs and these yields and you can analyze how much time you're spending. Moreover, you can understand, like people can tell you a lot, but you need to be able to bring this information from the ground level, from the shop floor to the management level or, or even to the owner level. And this, all of this is possible to do with the digital tools. If you give an, uh, a smooth interface for the app operator where he can input why the machine not able to perform for a couple of hours because it is no raw materials or something failed, then if this happens for the week time or a couple of fixed times, almost every day, then, then let's say if it's mid-sized or smaller factory, what I've seen a lot, uh, people can just quickly fix that and then push from 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 the top and from the bottom and find the solution. So this is kind of very general response. But in the digits, I can tell you that by implementing this real-time visibility or 
uh, machine data collection systems, they usually manufacturers are able to improve on 10 to 30 percent uh, their efficiency or to decrease the downtimes. Um, so I think it's it's it's, it's a, one of the biggest um, kind of achievements in terms of it's easy to, it doesn't cost a lot and it is easy to implement and and you gain a lot of things. Uh, your ROI is is, is a, probably 10 times, 20 times. So. I'm glad you mentioned lean because I mean, even though we're, we're in a, a, a new age of technology and processes associated with that, I mean, we even call it next lean, but still keeping to the adherence of there has to be some type of continuous improvement process that a company has adopted in order to get farther with with the technologies, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's like a nonstop, like daily things that you can, if you can improve them, if you can ensure that people talk in better and share the experiences it's, it's contributes to, to your company goal as the company or to particular people goal as the managers and KPIs that are set but and what kind of challenges are are you seeing in general with companies trying to make their way through the transition um there are a couple of them first of all uh, someone should decide that they need to, I mean, someone should make a decision that, yeah, we are ready to implement the, the technology we need it. Uh, because everything starts from the people. And it's, I, in my opinion, it's more like a change, organizational change. You need to explain people why, do you, why you're doing this, why you're going to bring some changes. It will affect the company, but it should not affect like the people that are working on because people are usually scared to to implement some new things. They they they, they like what they do. They don't want to, to do any changes. Second thing is, uh, in my opinion, uh, you need to start. I mean, either instead of negating a lot, just start from a couple of trials, uh, check how how it's done, and then define the best product. It's number one. Number two, uh, some companies might decide. Uh, more time that it actually take to implement the product for the whole factory and bring them the value. So probably there might be a combination of like, you know, cost plus success fee that, that they can agree on that will allow them to keep their budget uh, budget I mean, according to the PL, but still ensure that they, they are able to implement. Because I recently got a couple of cases that I started several years ago and people returned back to me that now they are ready to implement. I, 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 I'm fine with their decision. It's okay. But they some, some did this couple of years back and they, I would say more advanced uh, based on the value, based on the findings, but based on what they've been able to do. And uh, also the one of the biggest challenge ability to connect machines, in my opinion, <laughs> still. Absolutely. <laughs> They are, they are, there are like, I don't know, millions of those who makes machines in my opinion. And then there are those different controllers and they, they speak with different signals, let's say. And uh, every machine is quite unique. So yes. you need to, you need to, you need to, you know, to, to be able to act fast and, and, and ensure the machine speak proper, let's say language or gives you enough data. Yes, a lot of translation going on. So um, do you have an uh, example of a company that, uh, I mean, just maybe the you know star company that uh, successfully moved towards um, industrial IoT or digitization that you could share? Yeah, I, I have a couple of them from different parts of the globe. It's more maybe Europe, Asia, because those customers that I based in the United States and Canada, I could cannot disclose the names, but the idea is that 
those manufacturers, they are usually discrete manufacturers, the use cases that I have. So they are using a lot of CNC machine tools. Um, in Finland, there is a company that makes pistons and uh, they, uh, they have like 20 machines and probably 40 people in the company and uh, a concentric piston. So they implemented the, the last year maybe end of the last year that this kind of technology it's, was one of the pilots that we, we made with the Cloya with them. And uh, I mean, it helped them to automate processes by sending these reports and data to the customers whom they are making parts for. They make uh, heavy pistons. Uh, there are a couple of names in, in India and in, uh, in, in, in Malaysia. In India, I have very advanced company, the automotive provider Shanti Gears, they part of very big conglomerate. They have 120 machines. And uh, I think they, they spend a lot of efforts to, to improve the performance of the machines. And what I love that they basically, uh, every year they deploy and add more and more components. When they are able to gather data, they learn what value it brings. They extend this, uh, they extend this for example, to the, uh, to test in what is the how the technology is done compare with the actual cycles versus what was planned and then uh, increasing to the level of planning like what machines should plan to do um I, I probably i have currently i have one of the cases maybe hyundai uh that i'm facing right now uh, i will not say the country where they are but idea is that they have like more than 50 machines and the conversation that we had, they need for the maintenance to know the parameters uh, from different machines. And they had a couple of Mitsubishi machines that the general protocols that you can find on the market, they of course capture data, but not all the data that they want to have. So we've been working with them how to develop uh, like kind of this, you know, additional protocols and uh, to make them happy to, to ensure they will solve their needs. And mm -hmm. uh, I think they're, uh, ability with this will lead to probably better maintenance. I think they will re re reduce 10% of the downtimes for sure with this. Are you finding differences in, in by company and in the adoption of Industry 4.0? Um, you know, whether they're from the EU or Asia or the US, or, or do you feel like everyone is getting up to speed? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of because I'm doing this global business, a lot of differences, first of all, um, some kind of how, by doing the business in different country, you can learn their culture because the way how they do business, this is how actually, actually their culture work. So I think that, um, first of all, it is the, the level of the decision-making. For example, in Asia, most likely it's like top-down, top-down approach, like owners, or 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 CEO or head of the manufacturing this level they make the decision in Europe uh, this case I mentioned from Finland I, I've approached the the uh, R&D director and basically the decision was made of course by the group of the people but still he was the driving force I have a couple of let's say large automotive players where IT managers were the decision makers uh, like IT manager purchased it because the budget for that it's like 10k dollars or 15k dollars was so like 10 machines it's not not the big investments but but in India the owner probably gonna decide mm -hmm. um, and it was in the United States also uh, I mean depends on the size of the company or Canada for example uh, we've approached recently we've approached a couple of um, 
owners of, I would say, smaller Canadian companies. And in my opinion, if we would approach the IT manager, it will give more value because owner was not getting the value. Yeah, he was no. too too high to top. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and he was he was kind of a super senior person and focusing on doing the business. And then and you need to go to the to the to the proper people on on this kind of horizontal line. And which brings also interesting cases for those who are offering the products. I mean, you need to have uh, people that knows market. You need to rely on partners. This is what we are doing. We already have uh, 15 uh, resellers and we are looking for strategic partners in the United States. Uh, I wish to open, of course, an office quite soon in the United States. We're working on the investments for that, but still, uh, based on my experience, this strategic partnerships, they matter. So you need someone that knows local, uh, how things done. And it, it's kind of easiest answer in that. No, that makes sense. Um, if we can drill down into a specific um, area, um, uh, specifically digital twins, I mean, what trends in general are you witnessing with manufacturers' use of, of digital twins? Um, the really good question because I was um, I was involved more on the you know tracking I would say track and trace in in manufacturing logistics, but I also heard a lot of cases. Uh, Germany, uh, maybe Italy, uh, Nordics, then, then, then Singapore of the adoption of digital twins. Uh, I think right now is the perfect time because you can model and you can predict a lot by the development of this machine learning capabilities, artificial intelligence, and uh, overall like LLM, quote, uh, chat GPT. I think right now is the right time. And a couple of years back, only big players like Boeing can afford this, in my opinion, or Airbus or you know BMW and all of that. And right now, more uh, mid-sized companies can do that. And if you can model or predict what's going to happen, what if scenario, you can see some bottlenecks. It can tremendously affect your investment budget. It can affect your PL, It can affect overall what and to whom you're going to sell. So I think it's uh, the data is is, is uh, really uh, kind of you know like a um, new environment uh, where we all need to use to live in, know how to use the benefits of it, and how to rely on this data. Um, and my opinion that it probably still for the mid-sized and, and larger companies, unless you do you do very high-end, very profitable products and you sell to Iris space them or, you know, some custom products, which not possible to manufacture. And then you will be very competitive with that stuff by, by you know, competitors to manufacture by competitors. Then you might implement this digital invest money in it. If you more in the serial production, you have a tough competition, in my opinion, this track and trace real-time visibility of the machines, real-time performance of the machine will be enough for you because it's partially covered the digital twin concept. It has most likely planning software built in already, and it can cover even uh, like what is the shift task? What is the bill of material? You don't need to spend money on ERP. Even right now, the development allows you to have everything in one product. But for the bigger players, you need to, to trace from logistics, from manufacturing to logistics. And uh, luckily, so many cool startups 
and, and products right now on the market. So if someone interested in, they just find me on LinkedIn or through you and, and ask me, I will, I will give them references. And, and there's, as you said, I mean, there's, there's differences, uh, you know, if you're a small company, it's really going to depend on what your customer customer demands and, and what you know, your capabilities are, you know, all of it revolving around um, data. And that is, I mean, so much data and so much to decipher and interpret and to build into business cases. And, and that can be a major stumbling block for many companies. So, you know, especially you know, now that countries are coming in, I mean, U.S., you know, EU, everyone is coming up with requirements on how to, to handle and store data. So, you know, how, I mean, is there a simple way of handling all of this data collection and management, or is, is there, is it becoming, to, getting to a point where that's happening? Uh, yeah, in my opinion, uh, there is kind of simple answer and more complex. Simple answer, rely on cloud. Cloud allows you, first of all, to store data securely, like using Amazon, Microsoft, or Google, let's say. You can store this data securely, and we all using bank apps and other apps that more uh, crucial with this data and still, I mean, it's quite secure. So if you're going to use cloud, you can rely that you are regulated in terms of this data privacy and data protection. So it's more like a simple answer. Uh, more complex answer is, yeah, it depends on what the size of the company you are, in which geo your operation based, because a lot of companies in the US might have factories in Europe, in, in, in Philippines, in Malaysia, whatever, in India, and you need... And, you you need you want to manage them you want to know what's going on with their performance and the be best it would be in the real time of course and then uh, you need to pick up uh, uh, scalable technologies in my opinion and digital twin if you're like let's say if you are general motors level of the company let's say ford or kind of bmw you need this because you also need to predict how your supplier is going to act like beyond knowing your factories, you need to ensure that if supply, like if you, if you, if I'm not sure if you face this in the United States, but uh, after, during the COVID or like, like uh, 20, beginning of 2022 or end of 2021, I remember that to get the car, you need to wait six to nine months because in Malaysia, they had issues with with some sensors that was manufactured there and they couldn't supply them to Europe and Germany couldn't manufacture them. So such things, this is where digital twins are needed. And of course, this is where those regulations, they will put some stick in your will, unfortunately, but it's possible to overcome this by, in my opinion, working more closely with big, uh, big cloud providers and, and just like putting your, for the local factories, the data in like in Europe or in the United States, or let's say in, in, in India in their cloud uh, there, that's it. Yes, that that was happening here in the U.S. and um, and it's interesting because the the companies that had already established local supply chains, of course, had a, a much easier ride than some others. So um, we are. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, just in general, uh, since we're talking about uh, new technologies, you know, what are the disruptive technologies that you are seeing in the horizon? You know, even if, even if it's you know the next three years or five years, uh, you know what. What what is what do you uh, see in in the work that you're doing and 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 what you're experiencing? Um, yeah, so maybe a couple of my own findings plus uh, the data that based on McKinsey and consultancy and then the, like World Economic Forum. So uh, uh, AI powered process control, one of them, 
basically because so much investment been brought to this uh, market already. And I think uh, first from financial market and now it's moving to the manufacturing. So the more data you have about the machines, the more you can use it to build predictive models. So the, still second, in my opinion, I mean, AI is very important and it the cost of this AI implementation will decrease. So next three, five years, a lot of, you will see a lot of cases, a lot of implementation. Still second important part is to have this data. You still need to have the data. Uh, I think a lot of companies are gonna invest into the, what's going on with the machine before you can deploy AI. Uh, robotics, uh, I've seen uh, really tremendous cases recently. Uh, I've been talking a lot with CatCam providers that also right now given the technology to the robotics, how to maintain these robots. What people are doing with it is like amazing. It's state of art. They can print or using the robotics build something that was not possible to be to be built in the past. And what I saw that uh, smaller companies you have ten CNC machines, but they start in buying robots because you can uh, improve technology. Robot can work twenty four seven. Those who work in with welding or others don't be scared. Uh, most likely, your your skills could be used to program robot. And, and, and so basically you will even get more higher salaries in my opinion. So I think All that right. could be automated. It, 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 it could be automated, but you also the, the people that are doing this, uh, you know, historical jobs, they shouldn't be scared that they're going to lose their bread. There's still a way how to, how to use their skills. All right. Um, you heard it here. Um, and so the last question I'd like to ask is uh, what's next for Chloe? Yeah, I mean, we want to build a profitable operational business and, of course, to be present on like uh, American market, North American market and uh, open a couple of offices, raise the investments uh, because we, by building this operational profitable business, we still need to develop product to make it plug and play, uh, fill in if someone using HubSpot or, for example, whatever CRM system. So I want to achieve this kind of feeling, just you need to have to 50 clicks in the product. So we have a roadmap for two years. And then of course, to uh, probably have first thousand customers. And then after that, uh, let's see how it will go on. But I, I hope we will build in the next uh, hundred million or up to billion company in the next five, 10 years. I, I'm confident about that. You are well on your way and good luck. Uh, and Alexander, I very much appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for your time today. I appreciate that you spend the time. All right, thank you.